Hey, you out there. Yes, you, my favorite Talking Points listeners. And what should we call you? The Points Posse? I don't know about that. Maybe it'll stick. Anyway, it's episode two of our special cruise week on the podcast. And if you haven't heard, episode one dropped with some exclusive Norwegian cruise line news. So make sure you check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And then head over to thepointsguy.com for all the fun and environmentally friendly details on what's in store for the next time you set sail. Now, on this episode, you're in for a treat. We recently stopped by the Skiff Global Forum, which is the largest travel industry intelligence and marketing platform on the planet. Seriously, it's a really amazing conference they hold all over the world. The Skip Conference dishes out all the news, info, data, and services to every sector of the industry. Not only does that include airlines, but it covers cruises too. So lucky us, we got exclusive one-on-one time with Arnold Donald, the president and CEO of Carnival Corporation. We talked about who cruises, Carnival's future, and so much more. Here's episode two of Cruise Week on Talking Points with Arnold Donald, the president and CEO of Carnival right after this. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to this episode of Talking Points. I'm your host, Brian Kelly, the points guy. And today we are taking to the high seas. Yes, that's right. We're cruising on today's podcast. We've got Arnold Donald, who is the president and CEO of Carnival Cruise Corporation, which happens to be the largest travel leisure company in the world and largest family of cruise ships with over 100 ships on the seas right now. Arnold, thank you so much for joining Talking Points today. Thank you, Brian. And it's wonderful to be um, with you so I can talk about our nine world-leading cruise line brands. So let's talk about cruising. You know, there's a huge, you know, upwards of 30 million people this year are going to cruise. It is definitely a subculture. Why do people love cruising so much? You know, it's, it's not really a subculture. What happens is um, someone takes a cruise, and mm-hmm. if they cruise on the right experience for them, mm-hmm. they become cruisers for life. Mm-hmm. So it's not a subculture. Yeah. It's actually everyone yeah. could be cruisers for life if they cruise in the first place. So we're underpenetrated in every market in the world. Mm-hmm. We're going to be underpenetrated. It's 1.4 billion estimated travelers a year, half a billion mm-hmm. vacationers a year in the world, 30 million cruisers. So yeah, it's a really small part of the market. All the cruise ships added together add up to less than 2% of the hotel rooms mm-hmm. in the world. One of every two people cruise with us, so we don't even consider other cruise lines as competitors mm-hmm. because are we going to chase the other 1% or are we going to chase the 98%? Yeah. It's not that it's cruises for certain type of yeah. people. It's that there's a certain cruise for every person. If you're with a bunch of college friends, a different one. If you had kids with you, a different one. Different destinations. If you're dying to go to Tahiti, that's going to be a certain choice set. But the reality is at any moment in time, there's a right cruise experience for what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Socialization, fun, excursion, adventure, whatever it might be. And if you get that experience in that moment you're looking for it, 
you realize cruise is just the best way to travel. Yeah. All right, just a quick update from your perspective. On the heels of Hurricane Dorian that ravaged the Bahamas, how are the Bahamas? You know, you know the Bahamian people yeah. are extremely resilient. We have a lot of operations in Grand Bahamas, which was hit by Dorian. We have a shipyard there. Mm-hmm. We have a new project. We're building a new destination there. That's going to continue. The shipyard is up and running. Not only is it up and running, but we're also providing technical support and manpower to help get the water system mm-hmm. you know, for the area, for the general population, reinstituted. And we're also helping with the hospital to get the hospital up and running. But the shipyard is already back up. Hmm. We have private islands there. We have private destinations throughout the Caribbean, but two private islands in the Bahamas, Half Moon Key and Princess Key. Both of those are up and running again already. And we have another project, a new project on it. We have one in Half Moon Key well-established, but a new one, we're going to continue with that. So we see good recovery. Our job is to bring commerce to help that recovery accelerate and then to provide the support Mm -hmm. that we can through that and through the rest of the community. People, I think a lot of people assume, oh, cruising's Caribbean, Mexico, but in fact, Asia and, you know, there's there's cruise routes that are rapidly growing around the world. For someone listening who's never cruised or doesn't want to do Caribbean, like Mm -hmm. what are some of the the hottest new routes that you see? The first thing I would tell them is don't sell the Caribbean short. There's, Mm. you know, a lot of ports in the Caribbean and, you know, eastern and southern and so on. But having said that, we go to 700 destinations around the world. Mm. Antarctica to Greenland to China. uh, I'm dying to go to to Greenland. To Hawaii. And um, we go all over the world. You pick a place you want to go. And in many cases, the best way to see that place, take Alaska even, mm-hmm. is by Which cruise. I've never been. I've got to. Oh, you have to go to Alaska. By cruise is the best way yeah. to go. We were going to Cuba for a while. Yeah. The best way to go to Cuba was definitely by ship. And now that's essentially been nixed for the time being. So what will it No, it's or, been shut down been for shut the time down. being. Yeah. yeah. Now, hopefully, you know, the administration, um, you know, they did it for the reasons they had mm-hmm. related to Venezuela and other things. Yeah. Hopefully they'll change it. And if not, some future administration hopefully will. How involved are you as CEO with, you know, all these crazy new things you're putting on the cruise ships? We have a roller coaster coming. You have a roller coaster coming. So we have a roller coaster on uh, Carnival Mardi Gras, uh, (laughs) which will be coming late next year. It'll be the first roller coaster at sea. Oh, my gosh. Is that a – is the passenger, you know, the cruiser experience, is that something you get very involved in? Oh, absolutely. Do do they come to you with the final say? But but we go big, like with the roller coaster on the – but we also – go small. So we have expedition ships we're building, too, mm-hmm. for our seaborne line. Yep. They'll have a couple of submarines on them, so you can go under ice cap. So it's very different types of experiences, depending what people are looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's no one thing that fits everybody. Some people, they don't want yeah. um, the water parks and the roller coasters and all that. Other people, they love that. And so what you do is you create different experiences across the brands. So how do you keep up? I know you have over 25 ships in the works. I mean, it takes years and years to build a ship, right? Yeah. And like, what is the right number of ships in the fleet to, now, as you, as you mentioned, there's almost limitless upside and demand. Well, the how trick you is, uh, you know, we, we do have a lot of myths about cruising that mm-hmm. as an industry and as a company, we have to overcome. Mm-hmm. And so you have to be careful in the capacity expansion that you don't build faster than your ability to create mm-hmm. the demand. Especially but with the economic truth is, downturns. And especially with economic downturn, geopolitical tensions, mm-hmm. people are afraid to travel to certain places, all those kinds of things. And you got to balance all that out. But fundamentally, what we do is there are only so many shipyards, there's only so many slots. Mm-hmm. So you're going to build new ships. The question is, you know, how fast are you going to retire the less efficient mm-hmm. you know, vessels you have? And that depends on the level of demand. 
and you try to keep yeah. all the shifts relevant for the brands, yeah. you know, for the individual brand. And we usually have a one and a half to two year lag period. You know, we keep hearing biggest and biggest and biggest. What is the big? Are we going to have aircraft carriers that are carrying passengers around the world? I mean, how? Wh- at what well, point do we? To be get honest to- with you, today's cruise ships are much larger than an aircraft oh carrier. <laughs> so um, the typical aircraft carrier and, and what they call gross register tons, this displacement of water, water displacement. The more you know, <laughs> is um, like ninety five thousand mm-hmm. gross register tons, and. Um, Typical cruise ship now can be 180. Wow. There are some, we don't have one yet. Yeah, yeah. That's 220,000 wow. gross register tons. So they're already larger than yeah. aircraft carriers, to be honest with you. But, um, but having said that, you know, some people want that big experience and some want, you know, a seaborne ship, mm-hmm. which has 450 guests on it, 600 guests. So we build new ships that are small. Yeah. We build intermediate sized ships with two to three thousand guests, and we build them that carry six thousand six hundred guests mm-hmm. because it's very different experiences yeah. and and people like different things. What happen? You know, I know planes get sent to a graveyard or scrap. What happens to an old cruise ship? Do you sell them to <clears throat> other budget lines? A or? typical um, life for a cruise ship can be 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so wow. we'll keep them in our fleet. 25, 30 plus years, mm-hmm. and then we may then sell them to another use. It could be island cruising, mm-hmm. it could be a floating hotel. Mm. Some people have timeshare programs where they say, you know, we'll give you a cruise for a day or two to come check out this timeshare. So it's out of our market mm-hmm. kinds of activity. And um, often the ships will go there for some period of time. Let's talk about loyalty. You know, airlines have highly sophisticated frequent flyer programs, multiple tiers, free flights. Clearly, you're working with a different model, and cruisers, I would say, are, are way more loyal than airline passengers when you get someone who's passionate. Yeah. Can you just talk, like, high level? I know you guys have rewards programs for the cruise lines. They're not as, I would say, uh, popular, in my opinion, from my perspective, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with credit cards. and uh, Like, what is your take on loyalty and, and driving passenger growth? You know, our job is to exceed our guests' expectations every day. And if we do that well, we generate the loyalty you're talking about. And each brand has their own loyalty program. In many instances, it's more a badge of honor mm-hmm. that the you know, guest treasures. They do get special treatment and benefits and offers and all that, which helps make them feel special. It's sort of a badge of honor to say mm-hmm. that I've achieved platinum level, whatever the level might be in a given brand. So we find that our loyal guests do value the loyalty programs. Mm-hmm. We try to, to enrich the experience for them for their loyalty. Um, and I would say every brand has a very high degree of success with that. One of the things that has irked me in the past about cruising, and it has improved, is the Wi-Fi on board. Mm-hmm. And it was really slow and really expensive. <coughs> Will Wi-Fi ever be free on board or at least mm-hmm. broadband speeds? Like, What are the limitations there tech-wise you see? Well, we have Medallionet, which mm-hmm. is the fastest Wi-Fi I see across a, a large portion of our fleet now. With Medallionet, in most instances, you're going to get, you know, land-like speed and everything. And so it's a huge improvement. You can stream and so on and so forth. There are still pockets. In the end, it depends on satellite coverage. And satellites are generally not in spaces where there's very low populations. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there are gaps in the satellite coverage as you sail around the world Mm -hmm. because, again, it's oriented around, you know, population centers. And so given that, you know, you can always have some areas where it could be slower Mm -hmm. or you out of service for a bit. 
But the cruises today, you're not at sea for 30 days in a yeah. row or anything. I mean, you're always in port somewhere. Any port, you're going to have it. But on the ship itself, you know, we've dramatically enhanced the Wi-Fi mm-hmm. experience uh, across a, a large portion of the fleet with Medallion Net. I've had mixed experiences boarding. You know, sometimes it can be a little bit of a cattle call, sometimes better than others. You know, you guys do try to time it. But what technology, like airlines are using biometrics to get people through quicker, and what are some of the ways that you're trying to get that onboarding and deboarding experience uh, fast? Our embarkation um, experience is very speedy mm-hmm. these days um, with facial recognition technology and other technologies, including our own technology of Ocean, mm-hmm. uh, Ocean Medallion, which is in our Princess brand. But beyond Ocean, um, the Carnival line, you know, uh, has a, a, an app that works phenomenally well in an embarkation process. Our EDA brand has gotten their embarkation down to as little at times as 30 seconds. Oh, wow. And, um, and so um, there's many technologies available. We utilize very ones mm-hmm. around the world. You know, every home port has different, depending on what country, it has different regulations and so on and so forth. You have to, you know, tailor-make everything. But, but the reality is embarkation is becoming less and less friction oriented mm-hmm. so and that's what we want to do with travel ball mm-hmm. and that's the principle behind our our ocean platform where you have a little disc an ocean medallion that identifies you it's like a license plate mm-hmm. we have sensors all over the ship and uh, every crew member knows your name they know what you like what drinks you like what your excursions are mm-hmm. etc and uh, your cabin except you don't need a room key you don't even need a cell phone if you don't want to, but you can have a phone and stuff and yeah. have apps on it, but you don't have to. Hmm. And, um, you know, you don't need a room key. Your room recognizes you and accepts you. You know, the bartender knows your name, knows what drink you had last. You leave the bar and go on the bow of the ship, and you're looking at whales in Alaska. The and drink, the whales know you as well. The oh, drink hey. the drink will come to you. <laughs> uh, the virtual whales. Yeah. Will We've got some future technologies yeah. where you can see virtual whales, and they'll probably know your name. But... Um, <laughs> But in any event, it's just personalized, customized mm-hmm. travel, just to remove the friction in travel. And, and that's what everybody aspires to. All right. We're going to take a quick break right now to hear from our sponsors. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome back to Episode 2 of Cruise Week on Talking Points. Let's jump back into my conversation with Arnold Donald, the President and CEO of Carnival Corporation. Now, as CEO... Do you get to go on a cruise and enjoy it, or are you working when you're on board? I always enjoy being on our ships. First of all, I have 150,000 passionate, dedicated, committed employees Mm. whose human spirit level is so high because their goal is to do the right things in the environment and in the communities we touch, but also they exceed our guests' expectations, Mm -hmm. and their spirit is sky high. So I, I thrive on the energy of our people. Secondly, 
guests choose to go on a cruise. They're having the time of their life. Mm-hmm. They're developing memories. They're having great moments with the crew, with each other. And again, the human spirit level is sky high. So I love going on the ships because I'm, like most people, I'm a human spirit guy. Yeah. And when you feel that energy and all the positive vibes, I mean, it's a natural high that's fantastic. Now, most of the U.S. airline CEOs always fly in coach. To set a precedent, I have to ask, do you do the interior stateroom <laughs> when you cruise? You know, I have done it <laughs> once, but mainly, um, you know, uh, we don't cruise for free. Yeah. So I won't cruise for free either. Interesting. I, I you just get a good a discount. As a board member, yeah. I get a big discount for a week or two. Yeah. But it, beyond that point, you know, we can get friends and families or whatever, but I, I usually pay to cruise because I have 150,000 employees, and yeah. if we let everybody cruise for free that yeah. was an employee, we'd yeah. never have any guests on board. <laughs> right. So um, so the reality is, um, you, know, um, you know, I'll pay for a cabin. You got into cruising. I, I heard a story, I don't know if this is true, that blackjack <laughs> played a role, and I'm a huge blackjack Are player you? myself. Yeah, in fact, ah. with my employees, anytime we travel we always play blackjack and it's uh-huh. like a bonding experience. So is that true that blackjack is what got you involved in cruising in the beginning? Well, it's how I first cruised. I was an amateur car counter <laughs> and um, I trained in, believe it or not, in North Dakota in two dollar blackjack tables where they trained the dealers for Vegas. And so they, so the while they dealers, were training de- dealers, you the, were picking the dealers, up on that. The dealers taught me how to play and yeah, how yeah. to count. And then they advised me at that time, this was in the 80s, yeah. uh, at that time the best place to play was on cruise ships. Yeah. So I took my first cruise to play blackjack. I was an amateur car counter. And really. they never was, caught you? Uh, it was no reason to catch you because they had limits and stuff. So I could win a few thousand bucks. Got it. No, so you weren't walking out of there with like a hundred grand in, in no, cash? No, I, <laughs> I, I never did. Thousands, yes, but hundreds of thousands. So no. Let me just catch your style. This this could tell me a lot about your leadership, too. So you've okay. got a, a six and a five, and the, <laughs> and the dealer's showing an ace. Do you double down? <laughs> a six and a five. So you've got 11. The dealer's showing, the, the an, showing ace. an ace. showing an ace. Do you double down? Let me tell you how you have to play it for real. Yeah. If you're counting, yeah. it matters what's in the deck. Right. Okay. And if you're not counting, uh, then sure, you double down. Got it. Okay. But if so, you are a, a calculated uh, risk taker. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're counting, you go with what the count is. Yeah. And depending on what the count is, you what are you? But worth. nowadays, you can't really count because there's so many decks in the. Well, now you can't count yeah. because um, even on our ships, you know, yeah. you kind of auto shuffle. Yeah. If there's six decks in the shoe, you yep. start auto shuffling, and you'll so never. you'll never you'll never get it. But back in the day when I did it, they could go down to half a deck in the shoe. So you were paying for your own cruises just by gambling. I always and more. I made money. <laughs> I made money every time. The yeah. more you know, but so I only I only would play like an hour. Yeah, and you, all you have to do is wait until you caught the the, yeah. the deck right, and then you up the bets and. And you were fine, you know. So it was fun. It yeah. was fun, but it was you know it was an amateur thing. And, and yeah. again, I was never going to get rich doing that. It was a hobby. So Let, let's talk. So about, no, yeah. no, I want to reverse the question. Uh-oh. What would you do? Well, you know, uh-huh. so just tell me about your leadership. So style. this is, I'll tell you exactly what I do. So if I was playing conservative, I probably would just hit. If I had two drinks, I would double down. Yeah. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it depends right. how frisky I'm feeling. But um, right. I, and but funny enough, I actually you know after a couple of drinks, I play a better game of blackjack because I think you think less and you actually go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, of course, too much to drink is a whole different story. But I think there's a nice balance of losing, you know, having a couple cocktails and feeling, you the, know. The important thing to remember is entertainment value. Only. Exactly. Yeah, and you as only long play as you're doing with it for a little bit. Totally. Yeah, yeah. You're, I, think you're that I, I think you are supposed to double. Anytime that you have an 11, I think uh, they no, say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should. But you, but should. you can't. Yeah, it depends. But yes. 
You know, one of the cruising experiences I'm dying to take is the transatlantic from yes. New York City yes. to be able to leave from Manhattan, the Queen Mary. Yes. Have you done it? And you know, I have not. I hear people talking about you know getting dressed up every night. And oh, it's, it's that fantastic. old school glamour. Yeah, it's the yeah, it's the iconic bucket list thing everybody mm-hmm. wants to do. Is you see a lot of stars, mm-hmm. you'll find a lot of musicians like taking the transatlantic because it's the best way to get their equipment over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and they, they're pretty particular about their equipment, so it's yeah. with them, and they sail with it. And we have some of the best lecturers, um, mm-hmm. you know, Oxford University lecturers. Um, you know, we have a planetarium on board, and so I mean, it's just yeah. a phenomenal experience. In June of this year, you guys openly admitted to yeah. knowing that you need to be better about sustainability and the environmental management. Can you talk through, since the steps that Carnival has taken to make cruising more sustainable? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, we had taken a lot of steps, obviously, before the situation in June. But I think the most important thing is one mistake is one too many. You know, one misstep is one too many. And um, we need to learn from any mistakes made or any missteps made, make certain we don't repeat those, but also learn from those to try to mitigate any possible future ones mm-hmm. that could happen. And so for us, you know, we see it as, you know, we did something wrong. We need to take care of that. And number two, okay, what are we doing to make certain that we're doing everything we possibly can so there's nothing happening again? Mm-hmm. We brought in a guy named Pete Anderson, a former federal prosecutor, also a former court-appointed monitor, et cetera, to help us in ethics and compliance. Um, we pull stuff across the corporation, put it in one group. Uh, he's adding additional talent, additional procedures, you know, additional processes to enhance our overall compliance efforts. We've amped up all the positive things we were doing already in terms of reducing single-use plastics mm-hmm. and modifying um, how we handle food waste and so on. We have invested in technologies for years. We're the first with liquefied natural gas to reduce emissions. We helped develop the technology of advanced air quality systems to help reduce emissions mm-hmm. um, and crews, and this is not just for us, but for the industry. We're doubling down on all those efforts and constantly, you know, looking at new things we can do. And then we've invested in marine environments mm-hmm. everywhere in the world, whether it's maintaining coral reefs or whether it's trying to, um, you know, help clean up beaches or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue to do those things. I know animal yeah. tourism is a something that's growing and using animals as props, you know, like swimming with dolphins and things like mm-hmm. that. Has Carnival taken a stance from the excursion front on yeah. limiting the environmental impact of excursions? Um, first of all, in terms of limiting environmental impact for excursions, absolutely. In terms of participation with marine life, mm-hmm. we respect the marine environment, we respect marine life. The things we do do, we do with regulations that are accepted and generally recognized as safe for the environment and healthy and safe for the marine life if we engage in anything. All right, our final question, and it's a little bit of a selfish one. So I want to do a luxury cruise. What do you think I should do, Seaborn or Cunard? I know this is putting you in a tough okay. position. You're not putting me in a tough <laughs> position. Um, it depends what you want. So, Seaborn, small ship, mm-hmm. ultra luxury. Ultra. You want, and I'm six foot seven. You so want, is it going to be want, too small? No, for it's not. It's, it's yacht like. If you want Ocetra caviar, yes. uh, frozen vodka, and Lay's potato chips yep. at 232, yes. you're going to have it. And everybody will know your name because it's a small yes. ship. So, yes. Yes. so, that's ultra luxury. Mm-hmm. Cunard is luxury and iconic. Yeah. Queen Mary 2 is the only ocean liner in the world. Hmm. There's only one ocean liner, and it's Queen Mary 2. 
there are cruise ships, but only one ocean liner. But is there caviar? And, and, um, <laughs> and you, can, you can also get caviar and stuff on, on oh, that. This is but, a but it's decision. two to three thousand folks, yeah. and there's ballroom dancing and dressing every night and yeah. high tea in the afternoons and so on. So you know, different experiences. Mm-hmm. One super ultra luxury yacht like the other one classic, you know, high mm-hmm. end cruise and two different things. So I would tell you do both. Do both. Yeah, that take sea barn, like a reasonable to, take sea barn to um, Antarctica or yep. uh, wherever you want to go and do the transatlantic on the Queen Mary too. Sold. Arnold Donald, thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to seeing you on the high seas in the near future. Thank you Brian, so much. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Many thanks to Arnold Donald, CEO of Carnival Corporation and his entire team on the ground at Skift. The Skiff Global Forum is now in its sixth year. It's the largest creative business forum in the global travel industry with more than 1,100 attendees from 40 countries and more than 550 companies. This episode of Talking Points was recorded at the shops at Columbus Circle. Located in the heart of Manhattan, it offers some of New York City's best shopping, dining, entertainment, and views of the city and Central Park. Seriously, it's amazing. Next time you're shopping, tag them on Instagram at the shops at Columbus Circle. And as always, thanks to my amazing TBG team who produced this episode during Skift, Christy Matsui, Scott Mayerowitz, Wallace Cotton, and Nat Rowe. And to my podcast crew, Margaret Kelly and Caroline Chagrin, I'm Brian Kelly. Safe travels, everyone.